wisdom rise ancestors surround us rise. welcome to advancing the art of aging i'm carol silver elliott president and ceo of the jewish home family a continuum of services for older adults located in northern new jersey Today, I am delighted to have as my guest the Director of Dining Services at the Jewish Home at Rockley, Nelson Reyes. Nelson, welcome. Oh, thank you. We're thrilled to have you here. Oh, I'm glad to be here. So, Nelson, nobody runs into the position of Director of Dining Services without some kind of a path that led them there. I know you have an interesting story. Will you tell us how you got to where you are today? I'm sure. Um, I started my career back in 1982. I worked in an nursing home, and I started as a dishwasher, pot washer. I moved up the ranks there, and then they, uh, the chef decided to train me to cook. I didn't even know how to boil water. Uh, once he trained me, I asked him, why me? Why pick me? He said, because you don't know how to cook, and you're only going to learn whatever I teach you. So I learned whatever he wanted me to learn, and it was very interesting, very nice guy, George Leibowitz. And he brought me up the ranks onto a cook. I worked in Menorah Nursing Home for at least 19 years. Then I left the regular position to become management after 19 years. Wow. Uh, they started me as a supervisor. I did that for five years, and but I moved the ranks up very quickly. Being that I knew how to cook, know how to clean, how to... I knew what to buy, how much to buy. So it went very quickly. From there, I moved on to Beth Abraham. I became a production manager. A big task. It had 537 beds. It was two buildings. It was a big building, two big buildings. And it's funny because you have to teach people what you know and slowly. And you have to be patient. And But I did that. And that was very good. And then I moved on to, after one year there, I went to Parker George. Mm. Parker George, a very big establishment. That's when I became an assistant director. And I did that look for five or six years. The opportunity came up for me to work in Yeshiva University um, in Amsterdam Avenue. And those are over 3,000 kids. Every kid was calling me. I was a catering, I was a catering manager there. There was a lot of catering events. And we did that when the co- uh, when the the uh, what you call that? The when they, when the, the money stopped, not the money stopped. When the what was that financial, the financial things stopped. That they everybody went down. They had oh a in two thousand eight. Yes. When the financial crisis hit in two thousand eight, um, a lot of cutbacks was happening. I thought that I was going to be one of the first. I lasted two or three cutbacks before they let me go, and then for the first time in my career, I worked for a Jewish company. Uh, Manhattan View. It was a Jewish company, but it wasn't kosher. That I did one year there, and I hated it. I always loved working in kosher kitchens, and I, for some reason, I do like the kosher. I like the accessibility of two of everything. So that's when I did that for one year. Then I went to Fort Tryon. In Fort Tryon, it was a kosher place. It was very good. Did that for a couple of years, and then the opportunity came up to come over here. I've been here five years, and this is like home. That's a, that's great. I, I think it's really interesting sort of your career path because 
it really enables you to understand everything that's going on in that department, right? Yes, it does. The good thing about it is that as you work through the whole career, you learn how to read people. I get to pick my assistants, my supervisor, the people that are good. I could, I see where the mistakes are being made. I let them learn. I, I, if they have a suggestion, I listen. I put it in place. And if it don't work out, I change it. I would, let's do it my way. But it's a very, very unique. It's very unique. It's a lot of people, a lot of mixtures. And you can see all the good points on everybody, the bad points, and you know where to work it at. That's great. You know, so many managers come into a management role really out of school or from, you know, from a, from a supervisory role, and they don't start at the let me roll up my sleeves and get my hands dirty level. You know, I think it brings you a whole different perspective when you've actually done the job. So no one's going to put anything over on you because you know in your, in your fingers, right, you have that muscle memory that says, uh-uh, this is not the way it's going to be done. That must make a difference with the way staff interact with you. Yes. Um, I have a mosquito that everybody thinks he's a little bit nuts, but the man is actually very smart. I saw the potential, and he helps me out a lot. This mosquito knows a lot about the money, how to save, how not to save. He does a lot, and he tells me, oh, no, Nelson, let's get from here, from there, and we work very well together. He's See? a little nuts, though. So you you really have all those pieces figured out. What are the big challenges, though? There have to be a lot of challenges in managing a department that's so integral to everything that we do. You talked about yeshiva and the 3,000 kids calling you all the time. Working in a nursing home, there, there might not be 3,000 kids, but I'll bet you you're getting 3,000 demands all the time. We get a lot of demands. One of the challenges is really is that when you promote within the department, the staff really don't want to respect. And what they do is they try to go over their head and come to me for an answer. Oh, no, you're the boss. And I, as a boss, I'm telling you to go to your supervisor. Let them make a decision. I never undermine my supervisors. Now, I, what I do want is that every time an elder calls for anything special, he try to oblige them. If they if they want something that is not on the menu, uh, I got a great executive chef, and he makes anything they need for them. The supervisors will do anything. So we try to please everybody at whatever level they're at. That's wonderful. You know, this past year, of course, has been an incredibly challenging year with COVID. And you in dining have had to really do some major pivoting, some major changing because of COVID. A year ago now, you were totally throwing away sort of everything you'd been doing and moving into a whole another era that was a throwback in a lot of ways to what we've done before. Tell me what that was like for you, Nelson. It was hard because when I saw some of my staff getting COVID and I they couldn't come to work, um, it was down so half the kitchen was out at the same time. I showed up and my cooks got sick and everything, and I showed up on a Saturday, and we had to make a split decision if we went into a tray line system. Luckily, some of my elderly staff they knew how the trade line worked, and they helped all the new staff how to put it together. I called the executive chef in. He came in, and we worked fine together. It was hard at the beginning, but you could see the potential on every staff member that you have and how they came out under these crises. They will help. They will make sure that everything was set up for the next meal just before they left home. Uh, you go up, and you see how things went up on the units, 
and you make split decisions of see how we could help out. During one of them, I remember that the uh, the nurses a the nurse asked me that all they wanted was sandwiches, and I went out with um, my assistant. We went and we did what we had to do for them to get the sandwiches. I remember that day very vividly. You know, it, it is very challenging to go from what you were doing, which were steam tables on the units, food much closer to the point of delivery, fresh and hot. And, you know, if I'm the, if I'm the elder and I look over at your plate and I want what you have, easy fix, right? But all of a sudden, you had to go back to Trayline for infection control, for staffing, for all of those things, something that hadn't been done here in five or six years. That's a, a huge adjustment, and it's a real credit to you and your team that you were able to pull that off. But it's not the way you want to deliver food, is it? No, it's not. But even though through COVID, you learn a lot. I learned how to keep my uh, stations of stairs a little bit cleaner. I, for COVID control, I locked every unit so nobody else will be going in there and touching anything. So you do learn a lot. And you know the powers of people, and you see the positions swishing around because they do better in certain positions than other. Absolutely. So now you're bringing everything back to the units again, right? Yes, I am. So it's starting to feel more, do I dare say normal? Yes. You could say normal. Uh, it, uh, we started with one unit that we started serving. Then we went to the second unit, and all four units now are we serving uh, on the units. And the others really like it. And you can see the improvement on the choices they make on the meals and what they want and what they don't want. It's very very interesting. Makes a difference in people's ad- appetites, too, attitudes and appetites, right, when they the food is there. Yes, it does. Uh, also, the aroma of, of smelling something different, they could come up and say, oh, no, I would like this instead. Right. So it's good. Well, you know, we always say, what, you don't just eat with your mouth, right? That's right. You, you eat with you your eyes, you eat with your nose, you just smelling it. Right. And I think for our elders as well, the social piece of this is really critical. You know, when you're sitting in your room and you're alone and you're isolated, most people wouldn't have an appetite. I know I wouldn't have an appetite. That social interaction is really a big piece of it. So seeing the dining rooms coming back to service has to sort of touch your heart. It does. And it's like when the, my, the dietary ACs, sees the elders coming back, they feel happy. And they, it, they encourage them, no, have this, try this. And it's, uh, it's great. It's like a restaurant. That's beautiful. So we're heading into Passover, right? Passover has to be a pretty major undertaking in a kosher facility. I heard you say earlier you you prefer to work in a kosher facility. You really mean that right before Passover cleaning starts? It's, that's the hardest part of the cleaning, uh, when the cleaning starts. But Passover is very interesting. I don't know how people see it, but I feel special that I work in a special organization and you have all these rules and regulations. Uh, my wife works for a Jewish law firm, and they don't even know how to keep kosher. So it is it's good. I mean, you feel good. You feel like you're special. That's true. It's true. And Passover, I know you work very hard to make sure that it feels absolutely as positive and the food is as beautiful as it is every other day. Yes, I do. Uh, this year is a little bit more tricky because Passover starts on Saturday night, so we got to have all the meals done before Friday. Uh, by Friday night, so like that we could just serve it. So it is a little tricky see what we're going to make, but it is good. 
Do you want to talk about Meals on Wheels for a second? You play a huge role in our Kosher Meals on Wheels program. You want to just mention that? Well, the Meals on Wheels, it was interesting. I never did that before until I came here. When we started, we started like what we're at, 150, 200. And I keep telling everybody, don't go over that limit. <laughs> Last year, we went close to 400. And I'm, I'm still fighting because I don't want them to go over 400, but I think it's going to go over 400 this year also. <laughs> but it is very interesting. Uh, we do start doing it. Before, it was a lot of staffing involved. I took the staffing out, and I put my supervisors in. And each one of us, we do a different part of it. We prepare the cold food the night before. We bag them. We do everything. Uh, next morning, I make sure that all my cooks got my soups made. So we prepare the soup. The supervisors there with uh, one or two other workers. We wrap the soups and everything. Then, like around maybe like around eight thirty, we start packing all the food. And we have a certain amount of food to pack at a certain time. By ten thirty, I need so much. One hundred twenty nine. By eleven, I need another sixty seven. And we go along all the way to one thirty. It's very interesting because as the year goes by, it gets easier and easier. So we deliver, just for somebody who's listening that doesn't know, we deliver hot holiday meals out of the Jewish home at Rockley Kitchen to people in the community who are elderly or who are shut-ins. Everybody's a shut-in pretty much lately. But people who need that help so they can have a holiday. And we do that for Rosh Hashanah, and we do that for Hanukkah, and we do that for Passover. And it is not an uncomplicated undertaking. I, I vividly remember you saying, I don't want to go over 300 meals. Don't go over 300 meals. And now, now I hear you saying, not that long after, okay, don't go over 400 meals. But what is interesting, I think, and certainly we've seen it this year during COVID, so many more people are requesting those meals because without it, they have no holiday. So it's quite a sacred trust that we are bringing holidays to people. And I can also tell you, because I've had the privilege of delivering those meals many, many, many holidays, how incredibly grateful people are. And I get these letters from people talking about how wonderful the food was and how without it, it would not have been a holiday for them. So despite the incredible work burden, it also has to make you feel good. Yes, it does. It makes you feel good. It's because you accomplish the task, because the community gets to get the meals. We do it on a timely manner. Uh, the first one we did, we almost didn't make the time uh, make it on time, but as we went along, we got better at it, and we do everything. We finish everything before time now. So it is very nice, and also we're preparing for the seders at the same time, all the cooking in it, and our kitchen is big. It's not that big, but it's big, but we still manage it. So, which is great. And the whole staff enjoys it. All the staff who's working it really enjoys doing it. I think they enjoy it in large part, Nelson, because you make it enjoyable for them. You you really are an inspiration in the way you approach the work that you do, the way that you work with the staff. You know, during the, the dark, dark days of COVID, you never missed a beat. You were here every day supporting not just the elders, but supporting the staff as well. I have to say we're very privileged to have you. I'm lucky to be here. I'm just lucky to be here. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Rise, all of the children rise. Elders with wisdom rise.
ancestors surround us. Round.